God is great. John 10, 27 through 30. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. God is great. Hello, coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every day, every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And now, live from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world, your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. Hello, coffee lovers. It is 1900. It is not Friday. Uh, it is actually... Uh, what day? Tuesday? Tuesday, December 26th. Tuesday, December 26th. Uh, it's the day after Christmas. And uh, it's been a tough Christmas for us. Uh, but I got to say that uh, God is doing some pretty amazing things, uh, not just in my life, but uh, in the lives of everybody who, uh, if you don't already know, my son uh, committed suicide this Saturday after Thanksgiving. And so... Um, we have been moving forward since then uh, in a godly way because God's just put it on our hearts. Um, one of the biggest things that we talked about, I think, last week, or if not, I know Connie and I talked about it, is uh, that, that J.C.'s mom prayed to receive Christ at J.C.'s memorial. So um, you can't help but look at that whole situation and see what God's going to do in it. And one of the things uh, that we were initially immediately impacted by was the business. And so uh, the morning that it happened, we actually had taken a bunch of stuff out of the shop into the driveway. Um, and Micah, come on, Micah, stick your head in here for a second. Just say hi. <laughs> when am I in? More. There, there you go. go. <laughs> So Micah and his dad, uh, Justin, came over and they um, they took all the stuff that we had outside the storage and took a lot of weight off of us when we didn't need to worry about other stuff. Uh, one of the other things that happened immediately after that is uh, the guy that I'm going to introduce here showed up on my doorstep and said, what can I do to help you? And so, uh, you know, it's hard for us men to say, hey, I need help. Uh the first couple of days, I, I was just in shock, and so Connie was pretty much running everything, uh, and Micah was just took over because he knows the whole business. And if you hear stuff in the background, it's Micah. Micah's working. Uh, he came over tonight so we could shoot some promotional video. Um, we are going to pick up where we left off. Um, life is not going to be the same. Um, my family will never be the same. People ask us all the time, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Um, am I, I need to, I'm sorry, I'm going to pull up, um, Robert, can you hear us well? I can't see the actual, um, actually, I guess if I put the, hang on a second. Let me put the, um, Sounds good. Okay. Um, so one of the immediate impact was the business. Micah knows the business extremely well. Uh, and so he just picked up and ran with it and we got orders out and we've been getting orders out. Uh, one of the orders that we had that we were supposed to get done before Christmas was Frank's order. 
We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Frank came down and <laughs> helped, helped pack his own order. <laughs> it's what you, uh, it's what you do for a friend and you do it in the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah, we're all bootstrap entrepreneurs. And so we know what it means to, uh, to get out there and get your hands dirty and, and do things on your own. And so uh, Robert, Katrina, okay, good, good on the sound. All right. Um, but uh, our podcast is going to change. It's not ever going to be the same either. And we used to uh, uh, joke around a lot. And I'm not saying that we're not going to joke around. I'm just saying that that the podcast is going to be a lot more pointed uh, from now on. It's going to have a lot more purpose. Uh, and it's going to have a lot more scripture. I can tell you that for sure. Um, God has also given me the strength to do my son's eulogy, which I didn't think I could do. And since then, he's given me a boldness and a strength uh, to share the gospel. And you can ask Frank, I, I told him flat out, I need to know where you stand with God because it, it matters. Yep. Uh, tomorrow is not uh, given. It's not promised. And, you know, I've called friends up uh, who I haven't spoken to in a long time. And I've asked them about them, about their kids. Um, and God just keeps putting people in front of us um, that, uh, it's kind of hard. Like we never could have done any of this stuff on our own. There's no way that I could have made any of this stuff happen. And trust me, if there was another way, uh, I would have chosen the other way for sure. Uh, but God's God doesn't do bad things to good people. Okay. I, I hate when people say that that's not what God does. JC took his own life. That was an act of free will that God gave us. Fortunately, my son was saved and baptized. You don't need baptism for salvation, but it's a command, and he was he had followed it. Um, but to know that we're being obedient to what he's trying to do, um, I think is this thing still smoking? Maybe yeah. I don't know. Is that on? I don't think I mixed too much noise. Is it? Okay. So Robert or whoever's watching, let me know if that's too loud. Um, if not, we'll uh, we'll do something with it. Um, anyway, God keeps doing things with this. And, and, and JC did act in free will. So what he's done with my son's death since then has been almost miraculous. Uh, it's changed my marriage completely. It has changed uh, friends that know us really well. It's changed, obviously, his mother. It's changed. Uh, there's random people that were at the memorial that have started sending us messages about how they felt the presence of God there. Um, and one of the things that I had prayed for is just for God to take all the peripherals away from me uh, so I didn't have to worry about them. And one of those answers uh, is sitting to my left. And let me tell you, he's a clown. And uh, ladies, he's a real kid. You just got you just got to take him with a grain of salt. Uh, I'm, we're working on him, but uh, you know we love him. So uh, Frank, why don't you introduce yourself? Introduce your company. Remember, yes. this is a kid-friendly show, so uh, no marine talk or navy talk. I'll try. I'll do my best. But a lot of you know me. A lot of you don't. My name is Frank Manzo. Um, I decided to 
take uh, a lot of things that the military jokes about and a lot of things that the military has and bring them into the world of the treat and beverage industry. Um, we originally were rebranding. The name of our company is called Mill Treats. Uh, we created a the world's first colorable chocolate crayon. There's a crayon that you can actually color with made of a high-quality Belgian white chocolate. And what got me to want to be able to rebrand and get away from just the crayons was the people that I've connected with. Um, I have, through this journey of, you know, social media and recently over the past six months, I've been traveling the country and it really became apparent that we need to be able to tell more um, jokes and stories through our company. And what better way to do that than through chocolate and beverages. And that is where, you know, I've known Jose for since at least 2019, 2020 on social media. And whenever we launched our company to go from my home kitchen to mass production nationwide shipping, he was my first donor on our crowdfunding. Um, and that's not necessary to be able to do that, to be able to become my friend, but it was a plus. <laughs> <laughs> um that's good to know <laughs> exactly but um no through everything you know i've been through a lot of ups and a lot of downs and and jose's been there uh there are a lot of things phone calls we've had and you know just different text messages and stuff and when i decided to launch a coffee line it was only fitting the fact that we wanted to put out good quality products that knowing jose has a quality coffee um that it was only fitting that i work with him and, and do a partnership with him to launch the coffee series and i'm still in my walk i'm still got questions but i know where i'm at and i know where you know i can be and it's surrounding myself with people like jose um to help me along on that path and when you know this situation happened I not once did I say, you know, hey, it, it's about my, my product. It's about my business. It's what can I do to come down and help? And what can I, you know, help make happen? And I have a wide knowledge of connections and, you know, wanted to come down here and help him get things situated. I knew he was trying to, you know, get some things in place. And yeah, it was a benefit to be able to come down and, you know, fill a lot of our, my own orders for the, for the initial orders of coffee and get all of them done and handled. But it was ultimately taken to help him take a burden off of him and make sure that, you know, he didn't have to worry about things. And one thing that I encourage people to, you know, to do is if you're in the Sedin area, um, reach out to him. Uh, let him know that you have a skill set that is in the automotive, the woodworking, the renovation, because I want to help him bring his ambulance to life so he can get Micah on the road and have the emergency caffeine vehicle serving Seguin surrounding areas with his amazing coffee. Well, we, uh, I can't tell you how it feels when you uh, go through something like what we're going through and people like Frank and Micah and the Johnsons and the Gavics and our church family and so many people that just reach out you know, from a man's standpoint, it's not easy for us to ask for help. Uh, we generally try to fix it all ourselves because we're men. Um, but 
I didn't have to ask anybody for anything. I did submit to it though. I didn't I didn't fight anybody on it. I didn't tell anybody I don't need any help. We're fine. I didn't I didn't do any of that nonsense. Uh, it's a very difficult situation. Um, most of the time I'm okay. Um, sometimes I'm just not presentable at all. And I know that that's, that's just part of the healing process. Although I don't know that you quite ever heal from, from bearing one of your children, but you, there's a new normal, um, that develops. I would say it's, it's, it's like a scab. It's like a scar, you know, it, it now has taken a new, new presence, a new, new look. Um, and it's covered over the old, um, area and given it a new, new, uh, new look and a, and a new, new, new meaning. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a, uh, if you need to go, you can go whenever you need to. I'm good. Okay. Um, so Mike is working in the background and Frank came over today cause we needed to get some promotional video done. And we also needed to get orders out. And so uh, my personal orders are the ones that we're working on this week. So if you have orders with Third Day Coffee Seguin, yes, we're a little bit behind, but we're getting caught up. Uh, thanks to Micah and Frank, really, because um, the, the, the few times that I have been in the shop over the last three weeks, um, I have to ask Micah what I'm doing because I have no clue. You know, Frank and Frank came in and, and set up the machine that we got to do the pods. Uh, there's some video on our on our on my page earlier today. Um, you know, him and Micah set that up, and they and they wrote an SOP for. And for those of you who are not military, that's a standard operating procedure. Uh, they wrote a SOP for it so that when we do get the ambulance going, which I know Frank is going to facilitate happening, uh, Micah will be on the road. He won't be here. There'll be somebody else here. Uh, that's the direction that we're going and that's the, that's how we're growing right now. Um, and it, it's a lot to throw in everything else that, that got thrown in um, after we started to grow. Uh, we were, Connie and I were in the shop the day it happened because uh, we had bought new equipment, new tables. Uh, we had to make more room. Um, we're actually looking for another shipping container or we're going to build over this one and and just do a metal building because that's just the kind of growth that we're starting to see um and it's all god it has nothing to do with me um and, and i can't stress that enough if i say me or i or we i really mean god because there's not a single thing that i own there's not a single thing that god has given me stewardship over that belongs to me it all belongs to him um and and one of the beautiful things is uh, I was just reading my, in fact, I want to, I want to share that with you. I was doing my Bible study this morning and one of my shipmates, uh, Jeff Farner, he posted this morning, he did part of his testimony and I reached out to him in a private message and we started talking and, um, and I haven't talked to this guy since I got off the ship in 90 something. Okay. Uh, but I wanted to share with you what I read this morning after I spoke with my friend, um, and it is in first John chapter one and it's verses five through 10, but specifically chapter seven or verse seven, rather it says, but if we walk in the light as he 
himself, speaking about God, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So those of us who all walk in the light, we have fellowship not just with Christ, but we have fellowship with one another. And uh, we have seen so much of that over the last 31 days. I, I can't even... I can't even explain it because it's inexplicable. It's all God. God's doing these things. He's making all these things happen. Frank introduced me to some people the first day, the week that he was here. Um, and just awesome veterans, God-loving men uh, who wrapped me up in prayer, invited my family into their home Um and are are gonna? I'm assuming they're gonna be part of what's going on with Frank's doing with the ambulance. Yep. So, um, but the uh, nothing is actually at a standstill. Sometimes I feel like it is. One of the things that I've noticed uh, since my mother called me that Saturday, 31 days ago, is that all of a sudden everything slowed down so used to everything flying at a thousand miles an hour and we got to do this and we got stuff for the family and we got to do this at church and we got to do this at work and Connie's got stuff at work and we got all these extra things that we do. None of it matters. None of it. None of it matters. What matters is do you have a relationship with God? If you don't reach out, plus me, I'd love to talk to you about it. If you do, Surround yourself with other people that have the same relationship because not only will you both be in fellowship with him, but he'll bless us together. And whatever we do together is going to get blessed. And, you know, Frank's business since he started going out and talking to people since he left and got on his road trip has just exponentially blown up. I would love to see the growth that he has seen in the last six months, in the next six months for Third Day Coffee Seguin. Well, I, I think it winds back to what you just said is that, you know, you slowed down. Yeah. And a lot of times what we do is we take what society expects and we have to do this. We have to do that. We have to get this done. We have to be involved in this. We have to be involved in that. And we don't just take the time to interact with what is now, what is around us, who is around us, and be attentive to those things in those situations. And the moment that we slow down and we start, you know, looking at what is immediately right then and there and focusing on the now, and, you know, the tomorrow will eventually, you know, come. And, uh, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So you have to focus on the now. You have to focus on what's going on. And slowing down to do that has been the best thing for me, especially within the past six months. And, you know, prior to me going on this road trip, I would get anywhere from four to five hours of sleep a night. Now I don't set an alarm clock. I get, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours of sleep. And I wake up and I get things handled. So it's just a matter of, slowing down, take the time and focus on the right then and there right now and see what comes next. That's pretty awesome. Uh, 
Micah, I love you, man. Micah's going home. Micah has a family. He's probably got cows to, to milk before he goes to bed and, and God knows what else. Uh, but uh, thanks for your help tonight. And, yeah. uh, and we, See you tomorrow. we don't just do coffee around here. You know, we stop and we go get meals together and we sit around and just talk and, and um, you know, I, I mean, he, he's a paid employee, but uh, he's more than that. You know, he's, He's this godly young man that knows scripture. And uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, one of the things that I learned early on in, in my career is working for somebody is we need to. And, and, and it's a mindset that society has put us in is those that work with us. We look at them as employees. Well, when you look at the definition of employee, I'm not going to say it. Look it up. Um, <laughs> you know, give you something to read and understand on your own, because it's a different impact when you read it yourself. Um, the moment we start treating those that work with us as team members, as family, um, you and, and let them be, you know, involved and let them be a part of, you know, the whole process. And whether you think you have a right way or you have a wrong way, you know, depending on what view they see it as, is let them have a say and let them have an opportunity to to make a suggestion. And. I would say Mike is more of a team member to you than he is an employee. He's family. I mean, in, in family. Yeah, they were family. Uh, the reason I met Micah was because I was playing guitar for the youth at church and Micah and his sister Haley started Haley would sing and, and Micah would come play guitar. And he was just such a joyful young man. Uh, I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know that him and his sister had, had eight other siblings <laughs> right? and I didn't know that their dad was a professional comedian uh, he's not really, but he, he should, should be. be. He should be. <laughs> he, um, you know, their mother, um, Sana, when Connie and I were starting to do our own bread because Connie's been, uh, gluten intolerant for many years. And, um, she, um, gave Connie some bread that she milled from wheat and, and, uh, she didn't get sick. And so we started doing our own and, and we didn't really know what we were doing. So Sana invited us into her house. Um, and we got to spend time in fellowship with them and, and learn how to do some of the stuff that we're doing now. And, and so M Micah's really family. Micah is, uh, it just worked out that he's a very um, work ethic, strong individual yeah. who um, has the eagerness to learn. He does. And he, and he has an eagerness to work. He wants to work and make money and, and support, you know, the things that he wants. He helps his family. Um, just an amazing a bunch of people, but you know, the whole community is like that. So, you know, Frank didn't out of the kindness of his heart, man, Frank could have, Frank didn't have to be down here right now. He didn't have to come down, uh, but he did. And believe me, I, I can't tell you how grateful we are um, for that, but let's talk a little bit about Frank's coffee. Now we're not going to say the name of it because it doesn't, it's not going to be on my website because it doesn't exactly follow with my, um, I don't know what we're going to call it, but anyway, um, it's our coffee. It's our medium roast for now. Um, simple way to, 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 for you to be able to observe it is just go to crayonsreadytoeat.com, click on the coffee link, and you will see it. Um, and this is the second product that we've launched uh, that is outside of the crayon eater realm. 
uh, is one of the reasons why we've transitioned into the cram, uh, the mill treats is we want to be able to tell the stories behind each item. So we have the story of the crayon eater joke. Um, coffee is a big component to the military lifestyle. Um, if you, any way in connection to the military, even if you do research, which you don't have to do very much, you go to our website, there's a link on the product page, as well as a QR code on each one of our boxes that takes you a why coffee is a part of the military. It goes all the way back to the civilian uh, Civil War times. And there are diary entries in the Civil War of men sitting around the fire and enjoying a cup of coffee after, you know, a battle, after a situation and everything. And yes, it's caffeine. Yes, it keeps us going. But it is also an opportunity to sit around and have camaraderie, have fellowship, uh, to sit around with a cup of coffee and enjoy. So when you go to the website, you will see the name of it. Um, and just remember to set it for eight ounces because that is the measurement amount of a cup of shut the F up. And <laughs> you can figure it out. Look at the website. We're not going to talk exactly. about it in detail, but uh, we're still working on Frank, but, uh, no, it's a business move. It's a, it's, it's a business move because, you know, our, our goal was to find a way to educate and connect military with non-military or those that are wanting to go into the military. Um, because right now, to be honest with you, um, our country is very non-military oriented these days. We have lost, um, our numbers are shrinking. Uh, a lot of people are not wanting to go in and join the military. Um, because of what society has pushed through people and is trying to get people to do. And they really don't understand what the military aspect does. And until you have that willingness to serve, because that's what the bottom line is. You'll hear some people is like, well, I didn't have a choice. It was either go to jail or go to, you know, go to the military. There are some cases of that, but a lot of us in the military, it is about serving. It is serving outside of our, our own comfort zone and serving our country and our communities. That is why we have firefighters. That is why we have law enforcement. We have EMTs because it is about service. Um, so you need to understand that with a lot of things that we do in life, construction workers, it's about service. And once you realize that you're offering you know, you're providing a service to help others in one way, shape or form, you have a different perspective on things. So most of us in military is about serving. And that is one thing that, you know, it does say in the bottle is in the Bible is about serving others. Um, so just remember that. It says love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Unfortunately, in our country, in our day and age, in our culture, we are all about us. We're so consumed with me, 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 and what makes me happy and what I want to do. And and uh, Connie and I have just in the last 30 days, I'm telling you, I can't even explain the changes in my marriage. Um, we had been counseled uh, by Micah's dad, actually, for some time he counseled me to pray with my wife out loud for me to pray and then for her to pray what we would normally pray so that your 
that's your soulmate so that your partner uh, can hear the things that are important to you and you can hear the things that are important to them. Um, and uh, Connie and I have been doing that since uh, since this whole thing started. And it's changed our, our look on things. You know, our downtime when we, when I, it's mostly me. I will, I'm not even going to pretend that it's Connie. I mean, sometimes maybe. No, probably not. It's probably mostly me. Uh, sometimes the old me rares out and, and he's a nasty person. Uh, I don't have any problems admitting that. Um, sometimes the old me comes out and it's ugly. And fortunately, unlike my past that would last for days, sometimes weeks even, um, it's over as soon as I realize, you know, what's coming out of my mouth. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just give it all to God. And so um, it's changed our study uh, life. We study every single day now, even when I'm on travel, uh, I'm reading the same things that she is. Um, and so that's kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I can't stress enough. If you're not in the word, you need to be. Uh, if you're already a believer and you got one foot it's like our pastor says, you can't straddle both sides of the fence because eventually one of those barbs is going to get you right in the middle. So uh, you have to. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, to that, that effect there, you know, not everybody's going to be in the same walk. Everybody's going to be in the same place. And it's going to put, a, you know, a lot of trials and it's going to put a lot of, you know, questions and stuff like that. But don't be afraid to ask. Find somebody, ask them that question. It's like, you know, I, one of the things that I had taught Jose is, you know, I have, you know, I've been on this for several years and trying to, you know, look at things and figure things out. And it's not happening overnight, you know, to the, where I'm, you know, doing everything that needs to be done, but I'm doing a little bit of things and getting things situated. But one of the questions that I had was, is that I'm, I like anybody that knows me really knows that I'm into medieval stuff and I'm into, you know, that time period of different things um, only because, you know, a lot of times, you know, life was hard back then. Life was not easy. And you had a lot of people that were, you know, telling other people what they could and couldn't do. And those other the people that were, you know, technically beneath them were trying to figure things out and how to be able to survive and stuff. And one of the things that I learned, and it really agitated me, and whenever I first started on this to walk was knowing that the King James version was appointed by King James to be in the, um, in the churches. And, you know, why, you know, would something have to be appointed if it didn't fit the needs of that individual? And, you know, I'm like, so is everything in there 100% true to the, the scrolls? And he informed me that there is another version out there. Well, it's not that there's different versions. Yeah. But what I will say to that extent is that um, the Protestant Bible that we have today, even the King James Version, which um, the king did appoint, the King James, and I know I'm going to make people really upset. Trust me, I have a King James Version. I prefer the yees and the yeas in some of the verses as opposed to, you know, the message where it just speaks plainly about things. Um, they're all 
dependent upon where you're at in your walk. Um, Frank and I have been talking about this because it is, and we'll just talk about it because yeah. it's something that Frank is a little bit hung up on. And I understand, and I'm not going to force Frank to, you're going to read my version of the Bible and, and they're not versions. Okay. There's one version of the Bible. There's different translations. And, Translation. and so the translations, what they are is you have a translation that is, and I don't want to get it wrong. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it right off of my thing. Cause I just sent it to a friend of mine recently. Um, I just want to, I want you to, to know exactly what I'm talking about when we, when we talk about the different translations. Okay. So the way the translations are set up is you have a word to word translation. Okay. That's where somebody took um, the old Testament and um, it was literally translated from the original. The old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. The New Testament was all written in Greek, mostly by Luke and Paul. But Paul wrote, I mean, Luke wrote a bunch of Paul's epistles. So Luke did a lot of the New Testament, all in Greek, because that was the language of the time. So you have to either you know ancient Hebrew and Aramaic, or or you have to trust the way that the, the Bible was canonized, the way it was done is they took all the copies that they find out there. And the more copies you have, the more you can validate uh, the text that you have. So I'm still trying to find, let me see if it's, I'm pretty interested this thing to my buddy, James Phelps. Um, and I have it in my phone, but it would take forever for me to find, uh, oh, I know who I sent it to. I sent it to Harry. That's who I sent it to. Hang on a second here. I just want to get this for you uh, because it's really important. Okay. So, um, and the way it comes up is that people have different versions and, and they share them. And then I share the fact that, that they're not versions. They're just translations and the different translations have different meanings for different people because um I could probably look it up in a faster way, but this is taking too long. Nope. Let's see. We do so much traffic on our phones nowadays. It's hard to find right. anything, but um, so I'm just going to Google it real quick because that's going to be faster. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, that, that's one of the questions that I had, you know, is like, you know, when I'm going through this and it's like, which one is correct? Which one is you know, to be able to give the true testament of, you know, how it was and intended at that time period, whenever everything, you know, when everything had occurred. So it's like, which one is it? Okay, which, so I'm going to explain it here so you understand. The King James Version, um, the New King James Version, the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible, and the ESV, which is the English Standard Bible. And then this other one is called TRB. It's called the Readable Bible. All of those are formal equivalents. In other words, they're word-for-word -word translations. Okay, you start moving away from that, and you get in the middle, and you have God's Word translation, which is a meaning for meaning. Um, then you move over a little further. And, and none of these are moving closer to the original or away from it. I'm just, 
they're just categorized um, by their equivalents. So when you when you get to the NLT, the the New Living Translation, and the NIV, which I, I also really like that the New International Version, and then the CSB, which is the Christian Standard Version, you're getting thought for thought. So somebody took somebody who has studied the ancient Hebrew language and understands it, they do a thought-for-thought translation. Now, you want to stay away from Bibles that are done by one person. Translations that are done by a single person, you're asking for errors. But when you find a translation that's done by a committee, it's a group of people that are all checking each other to make sure no one person is basically putting their own two cents in. Now, on the far end of the spectrum away from the King James, the NASB, which is word for word, you have paraphrasing. And if you don't know what paraphrasing is, look it up in the dictionary. We do it all the time. We we don't take the actual text. We just say what we think it means. Um, And along those are the uh, contemporary English version, the Message Bible, um, and the uh, NIRV, which is uh, the New International Reader's Version. So... Um, it's not that there's different versions. Uh, that's a bad misconception. Now I will tell you about the King James that I, just so you know, I'm in my third year of seminary. I have, I did my first two years at Wayland Baptist under a very structured, uh, program. And then the last year I've been doing, well, I haven't been doing anything for the last year, but I started again. Uh, I'm still in my third year for the last two years. Um, but, um, what I learned in those first couple of years is how they, canonize the Bible, how the books that are in the Bible are in the Bible, how the, what was the process that they used. Uh, and it's a very ancient process that we've used for centuries uh, when we find old text and old manuscripts. Uh, one of the oldest validations of the state of Israel come came from a an Egyptian stala, which was basically like a, a black granite obelisk that had a war scene on it. The the Egyptians were, um, they were very detailed um, documenters. The thing is, we know from history that they that they um, boasted and they over exaggerated things. And so uh, we first hear about the state of Israel, which the nation of Israel uh, was about I don't know eight hundred years before they consider it to be documented. And it talked about this huge battle on the battlefield where it was a resounding win for the Pharaoh. And they start finding other, other texts that speak about the battle. And they found out that it was like seven guys and five guys. And that was the whole thing. But the fact is that that's how they, they've gone back in time. They find all the texts now, but fast forward to the sixties or the forties. And whenever they found the uh, I think it was in the 40s when they found the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. uh, that predated any written Bible that we had by 2,000 years. And Isaiah is word for word what we have in today's Bible. And so <clears throat> if you look at the, there was a whole community of Jewish scribes that they knew if a Bible book was accurate, by the word count because they had copied it so many times over the centuries 
Because back in the day, there wasn't any go down to Christian store mm -hmm. and buy a Bible. Somebody had to actually write a Bible for you. Right. And so um, the King James Version, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. The original King James Version was, was translated from kind of a dirty copy of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, but the King James Version that you buy today in the store is about as accurate as it's going to get. Most of the translations that we have are based on years, based on committees that have gone and done the research. Um, if you like all the yees and yays, my pastor loves King James Version. That's all he uses. Uh, my first mentor, uh, King James Version. Um, my first mentor who was closer to my age was an NASB guy. So if, if you go in my house... You're going to find an heirloom King James. You're going to find a study uh, new King James. You're going to find an NASB study Bible. You're going to find a MacArthur study Bible. Uh, I have ESV, NIV, and a couple of others. And why? Because sometimes it's easier to read a scripture. But it, we shouldn't get hung up on those little details. Because let's just talk about King James. Let's just say Frank and I are reading King James. I'm further along in my walk than Frank is. It's nothing derogatory. It's just a matter that I'm a little bit further than he is in my relationship with Christ. The beautiful thing about that is that you can be one day ahead of somebody and you can still offer them something. Yeah. So um, me and Frank are both in a different stages of our walk. We're both reading King James Version. Frank reads um, John 15 and 13, which reads, um, greater love hath no man than to give up his life for a friend than this, that he give up his life for a friend. The King James Version is beautifully written. Uh, and again, I like that for some of the things because that's a beautiful scripture. I've always thought of that to be a military uh, person's verse. Greater love hath no man than this, that he give up his life for a friend. Yep. We know that from our sacrifice in the military. It doesn't matter if we didn't lay our life down for somebody. It's that concept that I am going to live or die with, my, with the guy that's next to me. That's a military frame of mind. I've always thought that for years that that verse was about that. Now where I'm at, that verse means something different to me. It's the exact same verse. It's still from the King James Version. But to me today, that is more about greater love hath no man than he give up his life for a friend. That I am willing to let my body die and be born again in Christ. Now, it took me a long time to get there. It took me a lot of research, a lot of studying. But... God gives us what we need when we need it. And you might read that scripture in King James and be like, I don't get that. And you might read it in the ESV and be like, oh, I get it. And it means something to you. So don't get hung up on the, Frank and I still talking about it. We're still working through it. Yeah. And and you should too, you know, and, and don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be scared to read um, about the different translations. Most people don't know that the translations are categorized um, by the different 
categories that they have word for word, meaning for meaning, thought for thought and paraphrasing. And that's one thing that for me, it's been, you know, when I read it, it has one meaning for me. And, but there's still questions. So whenever you ask somebody, you know, like, well, I read this, I got this, this is what it means to me. You know, can you help, you know, what is your thought on it? And what do you, what do you, how do you interpret it? It could end up, you know, once you see somebody else's, you know, perspective on it and what they gathered from it could be a totally different meaning than what you have. And what I figured out is that it's not necessarily what the other person thinks or what the other person got out of it. It was meant for what you got out of it and how you took it. Um, because in everything that we do and, you know, a lot of times we're like, you know, give me, you know, make, give me a successful business. Well, in order to get that successful business, he's going to put a lot of trials and a lot of, you know, a lot of roadblocks and a lot of things in your way. And it's going to be, how are you going to be able to get through those, you know, give me, you know, uh, the ability to, you know, to, to be kind. Okay, he's going to put you in a lot of stressful situations that people are going to test your kindness and see how you're going to do this. So it boils down to what you take out of it. It's not, you know, ask somebody for what they got out of it and, and see. And it may be the same. It may be a little bit different, but it also may add some clarity to it. But for me, it's like it, it's what was meant for me to take out of it if that makes sense. And and you have to share those experiences with other people who are, like I said in the beginning, when I read that scripture, all of us who are in the light have fellowship with one another. And so you should use that fellowship. And Michael Peterson just posted uh, in the comments, if y'all look at it, but he's absolutely a thousand percent right. Connie hates that. I'm sorry. It's a hundred percent. But, but anyway, <laughs> um, he said that if you don't know, ask, ask in prayer. The Bible says, ask, Knock and it will be opened unto you, asking you shall receive. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what what translation you're reading, as long as you're praying before you read. And if you don't understand something, ask God to reveal it to you. The fact is, you may not be ready for what the meaning is of that, what God has that meaning for you yet. And so you might have to wait. Um, one of the things <laughs> that's hard for us is to wait. <laughs> Um, yep. But, and, and that's, and I know that was, you know, one of the things, you know, for me is it took me many years of, and, and my kids can probably contest to this is for the longest time I was a raging. Yeah. You can put the word in there. Um, but the moment that I realized that, you know, I had to slow down and I had to have patience. And there's a saying, patience is a virtue for a reason. And the moment you realize that patience is a massive virtue, you can learn to be able to wait and just give it time. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, like for me in business, you know, we've, I've been doing this for six years and now I'm on my second year of shipping and we've been able to do things that I never thought I was going to be able to do and, and connect with people that I never thought I was going to be able to connect with. 
And there were some people that I wanted to connect with that I'm connecting with. But it took six years to get there. Yeah. You know, so it you have to wait in order to be able to uh, to get that answer. Because <laughs> it ain't coming overnight. What? Robert Kersey said that you have the crayon translation. <laughs> <laughs> That's one Marine picking on another Marine. So it's perfectly okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't that was that was good stuff right there, yeah, Robert. Uh, I think we might write a we might sit down and write a crayon translation. Who knows? It's possible. Yeah, we might take a you know word for word and turn it into a crayon. And my cousin Roger, brother, I know, man, I remember when you were going through that, and I, I, I think I even reached out, brother. But you know, I, um, I believe you, man. I I know that uh, that the pain comes and that it never really goes away. It just you just become into a new normal and uh and it, it's difficult man it really is but you know god's man god is so great he's so in tune with his children he doesn't want us to suffer the the bible says that he has plans for us and they're not for chaos they're not they're for us to prosper and so um Bad things happen not because God is doing bad things to people. It happens because we man has free will. You know, uh, a, a child in the poor side of town gets killed in a drive-by. Did God let that happen? No. Some idiot who doesn't have God drove by and shot at him and killed him. Um, you know, you have to look at Job. I mean, Job, Job is 2,000 years before Christ. You know, 4,000 years ago, and and his story is still teaching us that the devil is the one that did all the things to Job. And even the devil had to ask God's permission to do those things to him. So when you get the feelings of anxiety, of grief, of regret, of guilt, of shame. Those aren't from God. God is not doing that. The Bible says he separates just as far as the east is from the west, so God separates us from our sin. God does not keep track of what we've done. His sacrifice on the cross covers us in his blood. So when the Father looks down, he doesn't see us filthy people. Because the Bible says that our best deeds are but filthy rags to the Lord. So he doesn't see our filthiness. He sees his son's blood because we're grafted into the family the second that we surrender to God. So um, this thing just goes all different directions, don't it? It does. It does. I, that's what I love about, about the podcast. It, and that's, you know, and, and it goes also as a show, you know, as us Marines have, you know, we've, we've had some, you know, bad titles over the years and we've, we've done some things that, you know, are questionable, but one thing that we, you know, as a Marine, um, we do say that once we, you know, leave this earth, that the Marines are the ones that are guarding the pearly gates. So it goes to show you that, you know, you don't always have to do the good things in the past, but, you know, when you're doing the right things, you know, moving forward, you can guard the pearly gates. 
you know the um the funny thing uh with our the way we're we're you know doing things and i i think the way that we're um that we're going to move forward honestly is is in a way that glorifies god and you know frank and i joke around all the time and i i do have to remind him because i'm working on him with his mouth but frank is really good about not using uh the the sin that god talks about in the ten commandments Mm -hmm. um uh, using the Lord's name in vain. Uh, and I've met some people that that's all they use. And it it's like scratching a chalkboard with fingernails. It just, it hurts me. Um, and I'm not saying that it's okay to use the other language because uh, like Micah reminded both of us today, uh, you have, whatever comes off your tongue has to be pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't think you, me or Frank was expecting that <laughs> no, either. We not did, from a 16-year-old. He, did, he, he, was, he was quiet in the corner and all of a sudden he just like, let everything that like, comes out of your mouth be pleasing to the Lord. And I was like, ooh, ouch. Goes to show you, you can learn something from a 16-year-old. <laughs> yes. Even at, I'm 46, you're what? 52. Two. 52. Exactly. So <laughs> we, we can, there are some things we can learn from the younger kids. Yeah. Yeah, and that was one of them. Yeah, he, he's an incredible young man. His family's awesome. Um, you really have to be careful who you share your time with. And ever since I surrendered my life in 2016, I have been a different person and I have made changes in my life that are significant. It's one of the reasons that my son came to know the Lord is because he saw a change in me. Um, And that's huge because he was already an adult. And once they're adults, like your influence over them is minimal, you know, because they, they get their own life. But for him to, to see those things and to realize them that, you know, that's important uh, was a big thing. And what a blessing for me to not just know that he started to see changes in my life, that he had this horrible spiritual battle that he felt like he could talk to me about. Um, that we got to talk about, that we got to share scripture about, that we read about together, we prayed about, um, and then ultimately, you know, him surrendering to Christ, and then, and then me getting to baptize him. Um, I've changed so much in such a short period of time, and you don't have to fix yourself to come to God. You don't have to do all that. You don't need to be clean to come see the Lord. The Lord does the cleaning part. We just have to be open enough to say, hey, on my own, I have no hope of doing anything. But with God, I know that there's nothing that I cannot do. And it changes every aspect of your life. Um, I, I never would have in a million years. I never would have six months ago told you that Frank was going to come down and and be down here for a couple of weeks. Um, Even after this tragedy, I never thought that anything was going to change except Micah would be here more. Um, And it's not just Frank. Other people, you know, have reached out so many people, um, phone calls, and lots of messages and people that I talk to. And, you know, today is the, the thing is messages, right? We message everybody. Um, and I, I just can't tell you how much 
uh, that's meant for me and my family. Um, you just can't use your time for stuff that doesn't matter. Um, you can't. And you just got to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things is, is that, you know, like you said, is that, you know, you, you, you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with him. But you also have to understand is that we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to have other people around, other people to converse with, fellowship with. And, you know, so the moment, you know, it, it's okay to have, you know, a moment of, of being alone. Um, but there's, there's a thing that's called the rule of thirds. And it's, you know, a third of the time, everything, you're great on top of the world. Another third of the time, good, you know, a little bit, nothing, you know, and there's nothing too exciting going on, nothing too bad going on, you're good. And then a third of the time is, you know, you're having, you know, some bad moments and some things that you got to work through. And if all one of those thirds are in an even balance and you're surrounding yourself with people to help keep those thirds in balance, um, you're going to be okay. But the moment one of those gets off kilt, reach out, get a hold of people, get things situated where everything is running really great and everything is going good and you got no bad stuff. You better reach out because whenever it does come in, the bad's going to become the, the greater of the thirds. Okay. So you've got to be able to have all three of those balanced out and um, you got to be, have people that you can reach out to and talk to and, and connect with to be able to help you get through those things because we're not the men to do it alone. No, and I will tell you 100% without fail, always go to your book. Always go to the book, the scripture. I can tell you so many people, even myself for many years, uh, I was uh, I treated God like elf on the shelf. When I needed him, I reached up there and grabbed him and set him down and said, okay, God, I need help. Uh, you know, it's that time of year. It's a really bad, rough time for me. I need you right now. Now, God doesn't want you to take care of this and take care of that because I, I can handle this and that, God. Just take care of this stuff. No. God doesn't need our help for anything. You just got to put it all in his court. You got to let him have it all. God, take it all from me. Even the stuff that I know I'm capable of, take it all from me and tell me what you want me to do. And so... Uh, it's one of the things that has helped me through this process of letting people help me uh, is that I trust in God and I know that whatever he's putting in front of me, whoever he's putting in front of me is here for a purpose that I don't have to understand. I don't even have to agree with it. I just have to accept it. And uh, and it's a blessing. It's an absolute. It's been a blessing. Uh Frank has done everything from go to my storage, do runs for me. He's a business owner. He's making five times what I make a year with my business. And he's running to my, to my, my, what do you call it? My storage over here, getting stuff out of storage. He's packing his own coffee. You know, today he helped me take a car down to discount because uh, I had to, you know, my sister-in-law's tires needed to be changed. So I took her truck down there and, got her tires and Frank took me down there and brought me back. And he doesn't need to be doing this stuff, but he said specifically, how can I help you? Not 
how can I do your coffee? How can I get my stuff shipped? How can I get my things done first? No. How can I make your life just a little bit easier? Tell me what you need. And I I fought with it a little bit at first. He can tell you, I was like, I, I don't know. I, I got to figure this out. No, you don't. I'm here. And I showed up. Tell me what you need. <laughs> and so um, understand that that God puts people in our lives and it may only be for a season. I may not see Frank for a year after this. He's probably like, yeah, don't call me. dude." (laughs) But uh, no, Frank and I have a great relationship. And, uh, and if he's in the same situation, you know, we're going to mobilize and do the same thing for him. You know, if, if ever he needs help for, it doesn't have to be for a death in the family, but you know, uh, it was an easy transition. Move my stuff down this area. If I decide this is going to be my home base. (laughs) <laughs> you know, when Connie saw you thought. taking that thing out of the truck today, yeah. she says, "Is Frank moving in?" <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but uh, Brian did the same thing. You know, Brian Stacy when he lost his wife, um, he was lost for a while. He was traveling, and and he needed a, he needed a change, and he got a job down here, and he showed up at the house. I'm like, "Come on, man, let's go!" And so, uh, God puts people in front of you. Be careful. To tell them no. Be careful not to help them. Uh, be careful not to welcome them in to help you, even if you don't think you need help. You know, because ultimately, we all who are in the light have fellowship, and we need to take care of one another, because that's how God intended us to treat one another. You know. So. And don't, you know, don't get so consumed in wanting to serve and wanting to help out and wanting to be able to, what can you do for others? You have to be open to receiving. And yes, the moment you serve and the moment you you start helping out others and giving back, you know, you're going to get, you know, you're going to receive, you know, the the kindness and, and, and the the praise and, and everything out of it, but you have to be open to it. Yeah. The Bible says that uh, whatever you give, man, he's going to repay tenfold. And so, uh, but something you just, we're going to close, but something Frank just said really struck a chord is that you have to be willing to receive because I've still got some brain fog that I can't really shake. I can't explain it. I'm not trying to, I just deal with it. Um, But I very early on understood that I needed to receive these people that were offering their hands um, because I didn't, I didn't know what to do. There's, there's not a, there's not a playbook for it. Um, but whether he knows it or not, God stirred something in him to mobilize. God stirred something in the Johnsons uh, to surround our family, not just Micah, not just Justin and, and Haley and Mark and um, don't make me name all their names because I'll miss <laughs> one or two. But uh, Sana, you know, and Carrie Evans with Connie and and you know Laura from church and everybody who just kind of you know boom surrounded us. Uh, David Guyon, Justin, you know him and Pastor have just been absolutely amazing. Um, and. You know, I'm sharing the the victories with them because uh, they should know that if I can, if somebody 
if God does something through someone else that affects me in such a positive way, I want that person to know. Because most of us do this not because we want something out of it. Uh, If you're a true believer and you're truly in the light, you could care less about getting a pat on the back or getting paid or getting whatever. You're doing it because it's what the Bible commands us to do. Love my neighbor as I love myself. And so I just feel like personally, if I can tell somebody, hey, you know that time that you did this, it really helped me out. It really meant something to me. I want to do that because we are flesh people. We're people of the flesh. And and sometimes we need that. Um, and if you're like me, you know, I need the pats on the back. That's just how I've always grown up. Yeah. <laughs> he does that when he's pushing me down the stairs. Yeah. But uh, no, um, I just can't tell you, Frank, how grateful that Connie and I are uh, that you've been here this whole time. And my God, um, you know, Frank just came in here like like it was his business and he cared for it like it was his business. And that's really hard um, to just let go of your baby and um, and let somebody else come in and just take hold of the reins and drive. And and Frank's done that. And I, I can't tell you how, no, how I, much I, we appreciate I was it. the helper. Micah was the one running it. So let's get that straight. I yeah. was the helper. Micah was the one running it. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just like, tell me what to do. And yeah. come in and help make it happen. I, uh, I, I, you know, try to give as much of that money back uh, as I can, uh, especially to Micah because he he just does so much, um, and he's so selfless. You know, he works a full time construction job, and then he comes over here at four o'clock in the afternoon and stays till eight. And then he goes home and he milks the cow and and he feeds and he does everything else that he's supposed to do at home. And so uh, I tried to get him, you know to stop doing that, but he doesn't listen. And uh, I don't make him work on Wednesdays or Sundays because that's our church days. Um, but it's just been such a blessing to have these people surround us uh, in this time that we need the most. And, and um, you know, you're going to hear about this for a long time to come because um, God has put this on my heart to scream it from the mountaintops. And my mountaintop is this podcast. And I'm not going to have guests on anymore that um, are just, you know, la-di-da, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm just not going to do it, you know. Um, It's for a purpose, and that's the purpose is to share the gospel of Christ, to share the stories about what God does in people's lives, uh, what he's doing in my life, what he's doing in my guests' lives. Uh, That's what this podcast is going to be from you know, uh, I know we're going to get we're going to have some of the pastors that we've had on in the past. We're going to start recycling some of them. Um, you're definitely going to see Brian Stacy again uh, in the very near future. Uh, and there's going to be some new guests that we've never had. And we're just going to keep continuing to, to reach out. Um, I've started to make a list of all the people that God's put in front of us since this whole thing started. And believe it or not, but I've, I've got a page already, a full page of names of people that God has put in front of us uh, in the last 30 days. Um, and who knows what that's going to turn into. I don't know what God's going to do with it. I don't, I don't have to know. I just got to be obedient enough uh-huh. to understand. So um, again, Frank, I can't thank you enough, brother. Um, it takes the word brother to a totally different meaning. 
he's more than just my brother in arms. He's more than just my brother in Christ. Uh, he came to me when I was on the floor and uh, picked me up and, and has been helping us walk. So, um, yeah, I can't I can't say that enough different ways. But You're welcome. Uh, we love you. And you, uh, you always have a house here. You're always welcome with us. And whatever we do in business, God's going to bless it because he's going to. So um, anyway, that's all I got. Frank, any, any last? Uh, Just make sure you go to his website and order some coffee. <laughs> go to his website and order <laughs> coffee. Order a cup of whatever he calls it. I'm not, we're not talking about it. Catch us on Friday at 7 p.m. for God Country Coffee. Um, until then, treat each other the way God intended, intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. Until next time, I love you guys. God bless you. Go to church. Get in your Bibles. Get with your friends and fellowship. Love each other. All right? God bless. <laughs>